Hey, how's it going? My name is Brendan Bigley, and you're listening to The Internet Today, the show where I find the best stuff on the internet so you do not have to. That said, uh, going to do something kind of new and fun and cool, because today I am here talking to Patrick Gill of Polygon.com. Hello, Patrick. Hi, howdy. I, I want to back up for a second and let you know yes. that, that so I, I listened I, I listened to your intro. You're off to a really good start. Ah, uh, thanks. I, I really like the uh, the part where you talk about uh, finding out this stuff on the internet so people don't have to. I think that's an excellent service. I think that none of us should be on the internet. And uh, I, I I applaud you for your courageous your courageous efforts to make the internet obsolete for everybody else. So thank yeah. you. Thank, I, I, I just want to start by thanking you. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will accept that praise, and I will also thank you for uh, understanding the pitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, this show started uh, before I even worked here at Anchor, where I was selling circuit breakers on Amazon.com for some random company, and I had like automated a part of my job, so it was just like mm-hmm. kind of doing it for me. And I just spent so much time. I don't know. It, it's like the most classic shit, right? Just like sitting there and, and, and goofing off and not working really and just like surfing on the internet and uh that is where this show started yeah no I, like I, completely same same position for me like i spent so this is maybe not a good thing to admit uh for my future uh you know hiring prospects <laughs> but like yeah at my last job it was it was one of those jobs where it was something that like I was a job that I was lucky to have and a job that I appreciated, but like wasn't really lined up with what I really was into. So I spent so much time on like wrestlers Wikipedia pages and like, like, you know, reading about sodas that were, you know, no longer, no longer available and stuff like that, just because you don't want to be doing what you're doing at that particular moment and you go online. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like today, uh, I, I forget. So it's weird because this is now like my job is to literally do exactly that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but like today, I was talking about the candy. Actually, the people who are listening to this are going to hear this the day after this episode. But I was talking about uh, like the Candy Crush show that's going to be on CBS. It's hosted by Mario Lopez, who is, I guess, a famous person I'd never heard of. <laughs> and I just spent like ten minutes on his Wikipedia page, just learning everything about Mario Lopez, which is weird. Also, Candy Crush, the TV show. Don't know how I feel about it, but like, hey, if you're into that, you do you. you is it going to be a game show? Yeah, it's like a it's like okay. a game show, and they built a giant phone, <laughs> and people are going to play Candy Crush on a giant phone. That's that's interesting. I wonder if that's like a couple years too late. Like, yeah, right. That's how I felt about the Angry Birds movie too. Was like that right. came out what a, a whole decade after that game was like a huge deal. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Uh, emoji, they're definitely striking when the iron's hot, though. Uh, yes, the Emoji yes, film, yes, yes, yes. I think, is going to be great. Uh, I, I saw a subway ad for the the Emoji movie the other day, <laughs> oh and god. I was literally nauseated. Like, yeah. Oh god! Like, no, like, no, no, I don't feel like there's anything inherently gross or bad about emojis, but uh, the, the there's just something about seeing that big emoji with legs. They gave him legs. Yeah, yeah. They gave him legs, and like they have hair and yeah. and like. Head to here, they have like hats and bandanas on, like the poop emoji. I think it's p- played by Patrick Stewart or someone, and has a uh, has like a bow tie on. Like, it's <laughs> so weird. Yeah, uh, I, I, I realize the irony of me being upset about somebody putting legs on a thing that doesn't have, isn't supposed to have legs on it. But like when right, it's yeah. when it's the emoji, and her name is like Smiler. Her name is Smiler. The smile yeah. emoji is called Smiler, which which is like a couple letters rearranged away from Slimer, which is gross, but mm-hmm. also not a thing anybody says. Nobody says like uh, she's a real Smiler. Like yeah. Oh, you don't. Do do you? 
Oh yeah, no, I yeah, oh yeah, that's the first thing I say if I'm if I'm walking down the street and I see someone and they got a big smile on their face, I just turn to whoever I'm walking with. I'm like, hey, that's a good smiler over there. Solid, <laughs> solid smiler, uh, or solid slimer, depending on what activities they're uh, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. in the midst of. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, it's New York. Things uh, things get sweaty out here in the summer. Could be a slimer, could be a smiler. It's a coin toss. The, I, the whole thing about slimer becoming sort of an icon of the, or you know, the, the sort of yeah. brand recognition of of the Ghostbusters <laughs> thing is really weird when you go back and you watch the first Ghostbusters, and it's like he's in there like for thirty seconds, and he just right. like he just gets like owned immediately. Yeah, it's like yeah. They bust in the room, they're like slimer doesn't exist anymore. Nice. <laughs> I, I guess it's a, it's a bo- same thing as Boba Fett. Like he 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 is constantly True. getting owned, and he is like, but like. It's it's extra funny with Boba Fett because people think he's cool, but like he is the least cool guy <laughs> yeah, he's, in all of Star Wars. He dies Wars. in the lamest way. He just gets eaten by the ground. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he falls good. in a fucking hole. Big fan though. Big fan though. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about you for a second. Okay. So you started at Polygon what about a year ago at this point? Yeah, coming up on about a year. I started in late September uh, 2016. Yeah, how did that come about? Like, how did you? Were you just like a huge fan of Polygon? I assume. Yeah, I actually was uh, from since it was Polygon on the Verge. Um, yes. Yeah, Polygon.verge.com, right? Yeah. For a while? Yeah. It, so I I've been a big old video game nerd for my entire life, and especially in college. Um, I was in college around you know the mid late thousands uh when mm-hmm. there's a lot of really fun cool stuff going on with the, the the game coverage blogs kotaku and joystick and all that stuff Giant they were bomb. like megaliths at that point it was like kind of everyone had their own stake in the ground which was cool yeah uh so th- then when uh polygon launched i was totally on board because like a whole bunch of my favorite personalities were moving over there and it seemed like they had unlimited money to make a super beautiful website <laughs> and they had the video team back then they had a we had our own in-house video team and they were some of the best shooters and editors I'd ever seen. Yeah, that documentary series about the launch of Polygon, yeah. I remember watching that and just being like floored. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is what I've always wanted out of a game website. Yeah, me too. So, uh, a little inside baseball is that the, yeah. some of the folks who are still around from when that happened are not proud of it because it's kind of embarrassing to have like a huge documentary made about the thing that you're, <laughs> you're launching before it's launched. Yeah. Uh, and, I th- we caught some shit for it back then because people were like, why are they doing this? And uh, I think some people <laughs> here feel the same way. But, you know, it, it was gorgeous. I, I think as far as flexing the muscles of the video team here, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Because they did some uh, the, the human element series that they did. Uh, oh, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, it was so good. So, yeah, I was totally, totally, totally on board for like this NPR of video games thing at this point. Um, and then I fell off a little bit, but then I got pulled back in when they started shifting directions with the video stuff. And at that point, I was like a hundred percent dead set that like there wasn't a video game website or publication or, you know, anything out there that fit my aesthetic as, as closely as Polygon did. How would you describe your own aesthetic? I know that's a hard question, but yeah. like, would it just be Polygon at this point? Would it be like the the work that you put out in the world? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my work is weirder than me, and honestly, most of most of the the weirdest people at Polygon who make the weirdest stuff also are very well adjusted, uh, nice, <laughs> gentle people. Um, but like, I don't know. Just the I, I was totally on board with the absurdist weird shit that they were doing that the the fact that they loved 
breaking things. Um, mm. Like the polygon is not sanctimonious about games. Yeah, it, it's it's an appreciation in the destruction of a thing, right? By by deconstructing it, almost you appreciate it more. Uh, Monster Factory, obviously, a good example. What's the one that um, Griffin and Nick just started? Let's, let's go, go to, to hell. hell. Yeah. yeah. Same same kind of vibe where it's like let's just explore the inside of Mario's mouth. Yeah, uh, get right in there because some developer took the time to actually put something in there. You mm-hmm. know, even though you'd never see it, like that that kind of appreciation, I think is fascinating. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was and just the the Griffins and the, the Griffin and uh, Justin and uh, uh, Nick and Simone, their sense of humor is just right up my alley. So. This is a super long-winded explanation of how I came to work at Polygon, but I wanted to work there super bad. Um, they posted a listing for Simone's job, and mm. I was like, oh my god, I'm 100% qualified for this, and I would fit mm. in. Uh, but at that point, I hadn't done any video game-related content. Like I had oh, been interesting. cutting documentary and um, uh, instructional video and doing motion graphics and shit for, for years and years and years, but I was like, oh, yeah. I've, I've never actually like done anything in this field. Mm-hmm. So that job came and went. I got really depressed, uh, but then I roped a couple of my friends in who I'd been podcasting with for a few years, and I was like, "Let's yeah. let's just do weekly shows. Let's like come up with two or three weekly shows and record them in bulk, and then release them." That's awesome. Yeah, so we did that. For, we, we made a bunch of video game shows, but the the fucked up thing is that the thing that got me the job is a thing called ASMRBs. Yes. I've seen it. Okay. Or heard it, I guess, technically. Yeah, you, you've seen and heard. You've had that wonderful auditory experience. Yeah, it, hey, it, it's wonderful. As someone who has uh, never been to an Arby's, uh, I really appreciate my my newfound knowledge of the Arby's menu. Uh, do you want to explain what ASMRBs is for sure. people who maybe don't know uh, about ASMR in general, maybe? Yeah, so ASMR is another one of those things that I learned a lot about in my last job when I wasn't super hyped to, to be doing what I was doing. Uh, yeah. So I would read up, I would watch YouTube videos and I'd read up on what ASMR is. And ASMR, it stands for automatic something meridian response. Wow. That's more than I know. Yeah. And it's that idea of like, there are certain noises or certain tones of voice that can trigger a sort of tingly feeling in your scalp or in your skin or in your back. So it's a lot of the ASMR videos are people just like whispering very, very, very quietly into a microphone or gently rubbing a thing. Um, Yeah. And I was just driving home from work one day and the pun of ASMRBs popped into my head, which was like, and I was like, okay, so there's a, a pun. I can tweet that pun or I can like, or, <laughs> or yeah, I can put a bunch of work into making an actual show where I do ASMR reviews of the Arby's website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my dumb pun is even better because I put a whole bunch of fucking work into producing a show around a very stupid joke. Yeah. So, so that's what I did. And, I, I did like three or four of them, mm-hmm. and I only offhandedly mentioned it in my application to Polygon. Yeah. But it was the only thing that was mentioned on every level of my interview. Like I, <laughs> I had done like three or four like consistent weekly like gameplay series with me and my friends being funny and or you know trying to be funny on microphone. But the thing, the only thing that anybody wanted to talk to me about was <laughs> ASMRBs, which is that's incredible. That's the kind of place Polygon is, and I, I'm so lucky. Yeah. I, so I have a question about about Polygon in general because I, I like you, have been a fan really since it was like you said, Polygon at the Verge. Um, yeah. But this shift in the video focus from you know we're going to kind of do uh, along the lines of what every major video game publication does, which is just kind of like let's plays and things like that. Which like it's not like you guys aren't doing that, and you're still doing a great job of, of producing that kind of stuff, but 
this like extra new layer of like comedy. Really, I mean, what it what it comes down to is just like you're making comedy videos about video games. Where did that shift come from? Do you, I, you kind of joined like in the midst of it, but do you know why that's happening? I guess in a way, um, and and how do you feel that's shifting the landscape of video game coverage elsewhere? Because I'm definitely definitely seeing that happen with other publications. Yeah. So every year we have a meetup called Polycon. And I'm getting ready for my second one. So I think it was like two, two ago, right mm-hmm. when Nick Robinson had just come on. Um, we were trying to figure out what we we're going to do with the YouTube channel. I was not here and we, we'd had Nick and Griffin and Justin on, on staff and they're all incredibly funny people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess they just came out and said, why aren't we doing comedy videos? So they, they pitched Monster Factory. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then they started doing it. It's, uh, yeah, so I guess it was just like literally they decided to start doing it and see how it went. And obviously Monster Factory became a big thing. Yeah. So they started pushing out these other serialized shows. I think Carboys is our other biggest hit. And then mm-hmm. we've got that sort of, sort of, uh, I wouldn't say lower tier, but l- less trafficked tier of stuff that like me and Simone are doing. So stuff that definitely still fits in with the brand and stuff that the audience appreciates, but doesn't necessarily have the same massive, uh, massive appeal as those things. But yeah, um, I don't know. I think it's awesome and it's a perfect fit for the people that we have here and our audience that Griffin and Justin and Simone and Nick have helped develop are the gentlest, nicest people in the entire internet. Like there, there's an unbelievable air of kindness that we, I'm not going to say we don't deserve, but we are blessed to have. And like, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, the, the style of humor that, that, uh, the McElroys and Nick and Simone do, which is, you know, you know, it can be gross out humor. It's not, it's not like, it's not Christian humor, but it's, it's like, (laughs) it's not about like hurting people or poking fun at people who are tired of being poked fun of. Yeah. Right. So I, I think having genuinely funny shit out there that is also sensitive stuff Mm -hmm. means that we have this audience of people who desperately want that and you know are patient and nice people and willing to accept it when we goof up and we need to take a couple extra days to do something so yeah Yeah. we are so lucky um our fans are crazy good yeah i mean even in just like the artwork that appears based on any show that has ever existed on Polygon. Uh, it's fascinating. It's And they're all so talented, too. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think really what it comes down to is just like this air of creativity that exists in Polygon. Like the, the way I see Polygon from the outset is like Nickelodeon in the 90s, you know, where it's just like everything that was coming out of there was just fascinating and cool and, and weird and, uh, and, and heartfelt in a way that uh, I, I don't think I expected, at least, you know, going back and rewatching some of those old 90s cartoons, they were so filled with heart. Uh, And and I feel the same way about Polygon, weirdly, at the moment. I I feel like there's this era of Polygon that exists right now that is, like, dominating in a way that that I wouldn't expect a a video game website to dominate on. But I love everything you guys are doing. It's it's spectacular. Yeah, I I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of us, too, which is a funny position to be in. I get really excited every time there's a new uh, Touch the Sky, Remember Monster Factory. Yeah, yeah, totally. How could you not be? I know. Uh, It's great. the, The bummer is that, like, since I've been here, I don't have time to follow all the other stuff I used to follow. Like, mm. I'm like, 
I'm, I'm a huge giant bomb fan. Um, yeah, yeah. but they put out so much content that it was like back when I was in the position of sort of being a person, uh, with a, a desk job and right. a lot of time to either fuck off or, uh, sort of have something on in the background. Yeah. I was, I was enjoying, I, I was consuming a much, uh, broader, palette of content before I came on board and got extremely busy making stuff. But like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's a good trade off to make. Yeah. I know what you mean. I, I, you know, I, I listen to a ridiculous amount of podcasts, uh, and now I work here at an audio company and I am making a daily podcast every day. And now I found myself not really listening to that many podcasts anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know exactly where you're coming from. So how does it, how does it feel to have, uh, I want to say ushered in this era of like Nintendo body horror, <laughs> like, oh, emo- like emotionally and physically. Cause like there, there was, there's Toad. So for people who don't know what please retweet is, please oh, retweet yeah, yeah, is yeah, a yeah. show. We haven't talked about it. Yeah. You, you should, you should, I guess, give an overall idea of what please retweet is. Well, hang on, I, I, I want to hear somebody else describe it. Oh yeah. Hey, I'd love to. Uh, please retweet is a show in which, uh, Patrick made a wonderful image of Toad, uh, who instead of having his normal legs has some hairy man legs with a diaper and he desperately desperately tries to get nintendo to retweet it uh it is a show that i would say uh is about the quest for validation from like a a father figure almost it's like fascinating it's such a fascinating show how's that does that sound good yeah that was actually really good that that was pretty close yeah i mean that was exactly it 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 was so it literally started as just a joke um, mm-hmm. and you can actually see the quality increase in the episodes. Like the first one was literally just on an iPhone, yeah. no, no microphone or anything. And we were mm-hmm. in a video pitch meeting and, uh, Tara Long, our amazing, uh, executive video producer. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Uh, was asking for pitches and we're like, uh, what if I just try to get Nintendo to retweet this picture of Toad in a diaper that I'd made like six months earlier. <laughs> um, right. and she was like, just go for it. Just do it. Yeah. And I did it and we're just, so I posted it just on my Twitter and mm-hmm. the official account of Polygon retweeted it. And, uh, when Nick Robinson saw it, he felt really, really strongly that it was a really good introduction to me, a very good int- way to introduce me to our YouTube audience. Um, yeah, interesting. And he was really insistent that we put it up on YouTube. So we did. And then it kept going from there. But yeah, because, and the whole thing about validation, like obviously was not an intentional part of it from the beginning, but like, yeah, it's been like a slow burn and it's, yeah. And it's, and it's looking back on the stuff that I I just sort of did. I didn't really realize that it was about that, but it's definitely about that. I think a lot of what I do is about validation and um, trying to get specific people to notice that you're alive and Uh doing stuff. I don't want to like over intellectualize a stupid show about me and the diaper toad, but there's an element of it in there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think so. I I think that's, uh, I mean, why not? Let's let's take the plunge. Let's do it. Let's let's take the plunge. So I think you know if if you and I have have a similar uh, career trajectory in that way. Like mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time making a lot of stuff. I had my own video game website for a bit that like didn't get really noticed by anyone. I I tried making podcasts that never really worked out. Yeah. And uh, and all I really wanted weirdly was like that one retweet from like someone that I looked up to right, right for like right. the longest time. And I feel like please retweet at its core is that idea like just solidified into a YouTube show which is goofy as hell and so so funny and well done but like that's what that show feels like to me um but yeah weird yeah yeah it is 
It is weird. I, I, I'm excited to do like a postmortem on it at some point and try to figure out what I did a and GDC. why, why I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean in public. I mean, just for myself because like <laughs> it, it's, it's not the kind of thing where there's a master plan going on right now. Usually it's like, Oh fuck, it's Tuesday. I need to make another one of these. Right. Um, and then I will just do the quickest thing that feels like it'll be funny mm-hmm. or the quickest thing that makes me laugh or makes Simone laugh. Um, so yeah. But I'm interested to see, like, because, like I said, that whole, like, validation subplot or theme is not necessarily intentional. So, like, I'm excited to do some, like, psychoanalyzing on myself once it's all sort of done and I can look back at everything that I did and say, oh, wow, I guess that that's this all says stuff about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. So that's at like the, I guess the the micro level, and then at the macro level, you have you have things like that Kirby with human feet that was getting passed around recently. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like this, like I don't, I think this is one of those things where just the internet and the world was just ready for something because <laughs> yeah, so much right? of this stuff like sprung up simultaneously, and I don't think it was like. I don't think it was like people like necessarily riffing off each other. I think these things just came to be. They all sort of just coalesced at the same time, like weird right. foot Kirby, mouth Kirby, yeah. uh, toad without his hat on. Oh, um, yeah, that was the big one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Th- Mike McWhorter from Polygon photoshopped a nose onto toad yes. like a year or two ago. Yeah, I remember that too. That was horrific. Yeah, it, it is terrifying. And I mean, maybe it has something to do with just the increasing fidelity of graphics that we're seeing these Nintendo characters in. And just right. like yeah, like that high quality Waluigi with you can see like the pores in his nose. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> awful. And uh, like Nick uh, Nick tweeted some close ups of Mario's mustache f- that mm-hmm. we got in, in some high quality Nintendo assets. Yeah, and you know actually seeing that Mario's mustache is in fact made up of thousands of little hairs <laughs> is <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff that you don't want to consider. Oh shit! Yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much. But speaking of Nintendo, like kind of leaning into it. So I'm thinking about the Toad that you made, the very good Toad. Got to yeah. say, uh, I'm thinking about the Kirby with human feet. So we have this like era of Nintendo body horror existing on the internet, and now it's like Nintendo has weirdly kind of embraced it because Mario Odyssey is like the craziest shit I've ever seen Nintendo make. Like when you really think about it, this idea of like Cappy. Being its own character, Cappy may or may not even be Mario, like throwing the hat onto a T-Rex, and now the T-Rex has Mario's yeah. mustache, and you're possessing the thing, and then when you unpossess a thing, it poofs away and dies. Like- it's gone. <laughs> yeah. I was At first, I was hesitant when they said they're bringing on David Cronenberg to work on the new <laughs> Mario game, but uh, now that I've seen the results, I think it's it was it was totally worth it. it, it it's 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 horrifying, existentially weird. Actually, we're going back. Uh, it's the Mario. The Mario universe has always been fucked up because mm-hmm. we, me and um, me and my good buddy Allegra do a show where we just watch the intros to old video games, and then we talk about them. Yeah, I saw your Sonic stream. It was great. And we were watching the the intro. To, I think it's Mario Party Two. Mm-hmm. Starts with the words Mario and his friends had just created a new world. <laughs> So, so the, the point of the game is that they're, they're the Mario Party. Whoever wins the Mario Party game gets to name the new world after themselves and play God. Um, but they just completely gloss over the fact that that like they, they move on to that right away. They're like, and they couldn't figure out who to call it, name it after. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, please back up and tell us like how these. <laughs> 
how this a tiny Italian plumber just created a reality out of nothingness. Yeah. Um, that's that's the compelling question there. It's it's a weird, weird place, the Mushroom Kingdom and the associated kingdoms within and around. It's terrifying. I don't know if you listen to uh, or in the past have listened to Idle Thumbs. Uh, it's a great podcast mm-hmm. by the Idle Thumbs Network. But they went down this rabbit hole talking about uh, talking about Mario and trying to find any continuity because this like continuity list of the Legend yeah. of Zelda had come out. That's like okay, here's all the timelines. Right. Like, Is yeah, there yeah, continuity yeah. in the Mario games? And what they had stumbled upon was that all the Mario games are essentially one long story about Mario slowly turning into Wario and getting corrupted by coins over time <laughs> i love that yeah I, I i yeah i have a pet theory that they are the same person and just like wario is mario from a universe uh if mario got really into powerlifting and just got all bloated up on creatine <laughs> like he's just doing yeah. like raw lifts dead deadlifts squats and stuff and just like hitting his macros really hard yeah and getting a little bit puffy yeah and yeah. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto actually said something really interesting once, which is that he's always thought of uh, Mario and his friends and and his enemies as a traveling theater troupe. Um, oh, interesting. Sort of putting on shows. Yeah. So, like, each time we see a Mario game, whether it is tennis or Mario Kart or a different Mario adventure, like, it's not necessarily part of a continuity, and it's more like this cast of characters is, you know, putting on a new adventure for you, which is, like, also weird and metatextual. Yeah, Uh, especially when you get into, what is it, Mario 3, which is literally a stage play, right? Right, yeah. Man. Oh, God. (laughs) I think I need to lay down. (laughs) Yeah, um, I, I think there was that one theory that was going around forever that was just, uh, what is it, Super Mario Brothers? The original Super Mario Brothers is yeah. um, is Mario slowly taking over the Mushroom Kingdom, right? He's lowering down the flags and then raising right. his own flag. He's yeah. not just getting rid of the flags. He's specifically putting up his own flag with an M on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I own this now. This is mm. my this is my level. This is my castle. Mm. Mm. Um, Manifest destiny, Mario. Yeah, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Wow. So I want to ask you one last question. Sure, yeah. <laughs> before Sorry. before we get out of here, I just want to know from from Patrick Gill, yeah, host of Please Retweet, yeah. Why do you think Nintendo won't retweet the Toad? Uh, because it's gross. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, if you want the honest answer, and it's it's the same reason that we picked Nintendo to do this with is like they are so incredibly precious about the things that they've created. Yeah to an unbelievable degree like so just the idea of a them endorsing in any way a depiction of one of their characters uh in a light that they're not into they're right. never ever going to do it like i was thinking about this the other day as in that that sonic video we were talking talking about we were we watched the intro to a bunch of sonic games and i was like mm-hmm. i don't recognize three quarters of these characters and i don't think it's just because they're sonic and nobody cares about sonic i think it's that like <laughs> yeah. there's a markedly different approach in the way nintendo and other people people introduce characters to the universes they create like right it seems like mario only introduces something to any of their properties if they're intent on it remaining there in some sense mm. uh they're not big on retconning so anyways i i think they're just like extremely buttoned up i, I heard an anecdote about somebody who whose friend made a really nice illustration of mario and the mario universe or you know a bunch of mario characters um and 
another person brought it to a meeting with Shigeru Miyamoto and asked if he would sign it, and they absolutely wouldn't. Like it was Whoa. like, no, we we can't endorse this. Like his signature on that is an endorsement of you know a non-official piece of Nintendo art, and we can't do that. Uh, and, <laughs> oh and, and, that and that's wow. anecdotal, but I think that sort of sheds light on like how yeah, serious they are about protecting their stuff. Yeah, which which is totally fine. Like I think maybe oh, that's course, yeah. par- partially what gives their stuff such staying powers. They're not willing to retweet any fucking idiot who sends them a picture of Toad with a <laughs> diaper and human legs. So yeah, wow. I, f- I feel like this this chat has been way more serious than than I uh, in- intended or or expected. But there you go. Hey, I I'm honestly g- here's the thing, mm-hmm. Pat. You are setting the stage for the internet today as a series of interviews, right? And I and I like this idea that you came in here expecting one thing and yeah. had a totally different experience because honestly the internet that's how the internet works right that's true you zagged on me you can't you never know what's what's on the other side of that hyperlink when you click it that's true that's oh, true it's a whole rabbit sh- hole you really should though don't don't click links people send you in emails we had a, a really good phishing scare once oh, at, really? a com- at, at a company that I worked at. Yes. Not this one. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a very bad phishing scare and the most wonderful moment of it was the IT director sending out this email, like do not click links from this email. Or like, if you got this email, <laughs> do not click the link. And just one person responding. I clicked the link. <laughs> <laughs> Reply all. I clicked the link. <laughs> Oh, shit. Hey, you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. That's a fucking good sign off. Pat, thank you for joining me on the yeah, internet today. Uh, this this was a pleasure. I, I'm glad I got some insight into the Toad, into Polygon. And hey, for all of us uh, listening, make sure you click the link. Specifically, click the link the pack's going to give you. Uh, Pat, what, where can people find you? Uh, polygon.com um, or youtube.com slash polygon if you want the video stuff. Um, yeah. Company man. Through and through. Indeed.